0: About it from my own life, and I I feel like this is where the Lord would have us to be. But if you'll flip in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter number five, Ephesians chapter number five, I want to deal with a subject that it's going to sound kind of funny to say this. It's both long and short, it's fast paced and slow paced all at the same time. And for some of you that are really good at, at sword drills and getting to passages in the Bible, when we're Here in Ephesians chapter five, verse fifteen and sixteen, you can look and see that we're going, I want to look at this subject of time for just a few minutes this evening. And like I said, Lord, uh, we were having our camp meeting, lots of good preaching, and Lord just really stirred my heart about man taking advantage of the time that we have. And I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know, I, I don't know when the Lord's going to come back, and nobody else does, by the way. And if they tell you they do. You can laugh at them because God, Lord Jesus said that no man knows the day or the hour. But one thing we know is that He is going to return one of these days. And man, I want to be busy doing something for Jesus till He comes. I'd hate to be sitting on the sidelines twiddling my thumbs when the Lord comes back. And man, I and I I, I got a lot that I want to just share with you from my heart. And uh, don't take it personally or anything. It's like, Lord, really. Chapped me, so to speak, on some things. So I just want to share with you what God's laid on our heart. Uh, Ephesians chapter number five. We'll go ahead and stand to our feet. I know y'all are used to doing that. Don't don't want you to think you get by without you're stretching before the service. You know, Ephesians chapter number five, verse number fifteen. Notice with me what the Bible says. He's this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. See then that ye walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise verse 16 what a what a great verse for the day in which we live redeeming the time because the days are evil and i i really want to we'll focus in on that second verse there in just a moment but redeeming the time because the days are evil and i'm going to preach on this thought for a few minutes tonight it's now or never it's now or never. Let's pray together and we'll get into the scripture, into the text. God, we we love you. Father, I thank you for the day you've given to us. Lord, I pray that you please work in our hearts and in our lives tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd help me just to share exactly what you have from for us from your word. Lord, you've really just uh, burdened my heart and my own life on this subject. And Lord, I pray you'd help us to redeem the time. Lord, we know that the days in which we live are evil. But God, I pray that you'd help us to take advantage, Lord, of what the time that you've given here to us on planet Earth. And Lord, I pray that we'd be busy doing something for you. Bless the ministry here of faith. Thank you, Lord, for Pastor Brian inviting us to come preach tonight. Lord, don't take it lightly. Lord, I know that I can't do it on my own. I need your help tonight. Lord, I pray you cleanse me of every sin. And Lord, fill me with your spirit tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Ephesians chapter number 5, verse 15 and 16. Again, I'll read it one more time just to get it into our hearts and minds. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now time is something, it is a consistent precious commodity that God has given to each and every single one of us. And time is is a wonderful thing that God allows us to do things with the time and he's given us liberty to do different things with our time. But I'll be honest with you, in the day in which we live, there is no shortage of folks that are really good at wasting time. And I, I just want to just put out a simple fact for you um, that a lot of times we don't think about. But I want you to think for just a moment in your own heart, in your own life. No doubt every single day, every, some of we, every single day, we all waste some bit of time And I'm not saying that like resting or getting some um, getting recharged or things like that. But there are times that we might be guilty of scrolling on Facebook or sitting there watching TV or different things like that. And I'm guilty of both. So don't so don't think that I'm like talking down to you or anything like that. But I want to share with you just a simple thing. Do you, you realize that if you waste one hour every day for one year that you have wasted over two weeks of your year? It's, it ends up being 15 days and some change. Now, I'll be honest with you, sometimes there's days I waste more than one hour. Hey, don't, don't get mad at me, I'm just sharing it with you. But here's the thing, God has given us 168 hours in every single week. Now, a lot of times we think about, if we think about, for example, tithing, we know that God is worthy of our tenth, He's worthy of all of it. But you know, so much more, uh, how much time is God worthy of in our lives? well, He's worthy of every single minute. Now, He's given us the liberty, the freedom to do the different things we need to do, because I recognize and understand that we have to work so that we can make a living to provide for our family. I know there are things that we have to do, but I wonder in the time that we have freedom to do whatever it is that we choose to do, I wonder how much of that we're pouring back into the things of God, and how much of that we're just using for things that in the in the scheme of things, won't matter one bit for the cause of Christ. Now, again, I'm not I'm not mad at you. Don't think I'm mad at you. Some of y'all are like but Cameron. Man, he's come back just ready to just to skin people or something. No, I'm not. No, it's not like that at all. But here's the thing: if there's ever been a day that we needed to get serious about the things of God, today is the day. Because I don't know if you're aware of this, and I'm sure y'all get where I'm going in a second, but. We have just a short amount of time here on this earth in which we live. We have just a brief few few days, few hours, few um, few years, if God tells Now, we, we might think somebody lives 80, 90, 100 years old. Man, they've had a nice, long life on planet earth. But can I tell you, just in the scheme of things, it is but a drop in the bucket. And man, you know, if we're not careful, it's easy, very easy to say, well, you know what, I'm, I, Pastor Brian, I'm going to get serious about the things of God next year. Well, you know, I, I've already blown my New Year's resolutions. Here it is, October. I've already just ruined them. I'll get started again next year. No, 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 no. The day for us to get serious about serving the Lord is today. Amen. Because here's the thing, is uh, I'll go ahead and say this and, Y'all just let it fall where it will. A lot of folks are getting really nervous about the things going on in the Middle East. Let me just remind you something. We don't know exactly when the Lord's going to come back. Nobody does. But if nothing else, the things that are going on in the Middle East should serve as a wake-up call to us. It should serve as an alarm clock going off spiritually that we need to get busy. Because Jesus has not changed His mind. Jesus is still returning. And anyways, let me get into this. I'm I'm getting off on everything else, but... Time is a precious commodity that's quickly fleeting. And if we'll turn around twice, then our life will come to an end. Because here's the thing, we're, we're not promised to make it to that 80, 90, 100 years old. We could be, God forbid, in a car accident tonight. And there could be so many folks that they have good intentions, Pastor Brian, on getting serious about the things of God. And then they turn around and their life has come to a close And man, and then they stand before the Lord. You know, I never got to get serious about the things of God. Folks, I I don't say this again to be mean, but man, it is high time. That we wake up out of spiritual sleep and get busy doing something for God, because there's let me tell you, there's no shortage of things to do for the Lord. You might say, "Oh, I don't, I don't have anything to do at church." Well, let me tell you, there's I guarantee you, there's still a bunch of tracts in the back that could be handed out. I'm ta- I can guarantee you that there's still many chapters in your Bible that need to be reread, and if they haven't been read the first place, they need to be read the first time. There's still many minutes, many hours that need to be spent on your knees before the Lord in prayer. There's still many hours, many minutes. Many, I mean, just much time to be given towards praising the Lord. There is no shortage of things that we need to do for God. While God gives us time and opportunity, but if we're not careful, you know what we'll do? We'll come to church. We'll, we'll, we'll sing the choir songs. We'll sing the hy- hymns. Or we'll take up offering. We'll have preaching. We'll go home, and then we'll do what we always do every single week. But man, that's a tragedy because God is worthy of so... He has blessed us beyond measure. He's blessed us so much he is worthy of all that we can give him and man i don't i brother cameron does not want to stand before the lord on the judgment seat of christ and to say well lord i you know i just I, I really had intentions on doing this this and this for you but i wasted my time folks it's it's now or never because here's the thing i i think i believe that in in a, Christian circles, I believe that if we're not careful, a lot of times we get calloused and numb to the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is still returning. He is still one day going to split the eastern sky and call the saints of God home. We've we've heard it. We've heard it. Yeah, Pastor Brian says that. Brother Brandon says it. Brother Evan. Brother Ke- whoever it may be. Yeah, I know. I know Jesus is coming back, but I'm going to do my thing, and you know, I'll I, I'll this this. I'm just kick the can down the road. But one of these days, it's going to happen and there will be many many Christians that are saved they'll go to heaven they'll be ca- they'll be snatched away like the rest but they will be shocked and dumbfounded because they never took it seriously and man I don't want, I don't want to be that way and I don't want you to be that way and I want to, I want us to look for just a few minutes on it's now or never look with me at verse number 15 the Bible says, see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools, but as wise. I want you to notice with me first off the Christian walk. Now the Apostle Paul, he, had, he has a lot to say throughout his writings concerning our walk. If my uh, figures were correct, some 30 times through Paul's writings, he mentions our walk, your walk, walking with the Lord, so on and so forth. Paul, ultimately the Lord through Paul, is concerned about how we walk from day to day with him look with me see then that ye walk circumspectly now I said this is the Christian walk because this is this is elementary part for sure is that Paul under inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God he's writing to the church here in Ephesus he's writing to the believers to the saints of God and he says see then that ye walk this make no mistake about it this right here is for the believer This right here is for those of us that know Christ as our Savior. He says, See then that ye walk. Now, I'll say this concerning the Christian walk. He didn't say, See that ye step. He said, See that ye walk. Now, every word, now, y'all know this, and I've said this multiple times being here, but every single word that God has in the Bible, He has there for a reason. Because, now, understand me well when I say this. God wants you to take a leap of faith. He wants you to trust Him. He wants you to take that first step. But God is not interested in you only taking a singular step. Yeah, now, it's everything begins with that first step or that first leap or hop, skip, whatever you want to do, gallop, whatever it may be. But here's the thing. God does not want us to take one step And then just stand there. No, He said, see then that ye walk. There's consistency. There's a day by day, moment by moment walk that must be taken. Because He didn't say step. He didn't say leap. But He said walk. Walking is a series of chosen, ordered steps in a particular direction. God is telling us, He said, see then that you're busy walking Busy going a direction, you have intention on making it to a place. You're not aimlessly walking, but you have a direction that you're going in. See then that ye walk. Now, if we're not careful, we'll just we'll just be meandering around. That's not the picture that's given at all. Because look with me. Not only is it is there consistency. We must be consistent in our Christian walk. But notice that next word. He says, see then that you walk circumspectly. Now, circumspectly. If I was going to steal Pastor Brian's illustration, I remember multiple times he would say the idea of walking circumspectly—it's the idea of almost walking on that train trestle. I remember he said it multiple times. But circumspectly—it means cautiously. It means it means um, intentionally. It gives you the idea of paying extra close attention to where every footstep is going. Because here's the thing: there are no. There's no shortage of believers that are aimlessly just meandering and walking their way through life. Amen. Just But no no no, the idea that's given is concentration. It's focus, it's circumspect. He's we're, we're supposed to walk consistently in our Christian life. We're not supposed to get hung up or walk back. We don't, you don't walk back. Walking is forward. It's going forward for the cause of Christ. But we're to be careful in our Christian walk. We're to be cautious because here's the thing is Y'all know we, we got an adversary, the devil. And you know, he, Scripture says that he's walking. Because Scripture said in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse eight: be sober, be vigilant. The, the alarm bell should be going off when we see that. Be aware, be alert, be prepared. Understand that the enemy, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour the aim, the Christian that's not walking circumspectly in their Christian life, but they're just meandering around, they will step on a spiritual landmine and boom. And the devil's got, man, he's just helped them to ruin their life. That is a Christian that's not walking circumspectly. Now some of y'all are like, Brother Cameron, what does this have to do with time? Well, listen, this is how God laid it out in there. Our time, how we use our time is directly connected ...to our Christian walk. Because look with me. In verse number 15, he says, "...see then that you walk circumspectly, comma, not as fools, comma, but as wise, period." Well, actually, no. It's a comma. Because the thought's not done yet. Understand, everything in the Bible, it is there for a reason. Because if he wanted to finish the thought with that, he'd have put a period. But the thought is continuing. He's going on into verse 16. Understand, how you use your time is directly connected with your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as, a, but as wise. Now here, understand this. We should never call anybody a fool. That's, that's terrible. That is, not, that is not what the Lord would have us to do. But there are many Christians who act foolishly in their walk. Because they walk aimlessly. They're not paying attention. Man, they're going to fall off the train track, so to speak, because they're not looking, paying attention to the steps, paying attention, being cautious of every step they take, knowing that each step has to be ordered by the Lord, has to be directed by the Lord, because it only takes one misstep for the tightrope walker to fall off the rope. It doesn't take, he doesn't have to run over to the side and get all, no, no, it takes one misstep and he's We have to be cautious. We have to be consistent in our Christian walk. But notice with me, as we're getting more to this time thing, we see, notice with me in verse number 16, he says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now in this subject of it's now or never, we see see there's the Christian walk. But man, there's the continual work. At the beginning of verse number 16, he says, redeeming the time. That's what I want, to want us to look at for just a moment now. The continual work. What's the work that needs to be done? What are we supposed to be doing as we're walking? We're supposed to be redeeming the time. Now, what does redeeming mean? Redeeming is actually a purchasing or a buying term. You can think about you know, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law from Galatians chapter number 3. Redeeming, redemption is a buying thing. It's a purchasing term. But... I'll be honest with you, what does that have to do with time? Because there's not a soul in here that can go to Wells Fargo or can go to Walmart or go withdraw some money and go over to uh, Lowe's or go to uh, Walmart or Target or wherever you want to go and say, hey, you know what, I'd like to go and purchase a month of time. There's not, a, there's not a soul in here that can go and say, I'm going to go cash in and get me some time, and then I'll just insert it in insert it in wherever I, want, wherever I want to or whenever I want to. I get down, you know, I'm going to store up all this time, and then when my life comes to an end, I'll just throw it all in at the end. Now, all of us know that's, that's the most ridiculous, most absurd thing ever. What is he saying then? Because again, you've got you to take every word that God gives us for a reason. He said, redeeming the time. Your time, what you do with your time, it is an investment. What you do with your time, you are investing one of the most precious, most valuable commodities that God has gifted you with, and you are choosing to spend it on something. God is telling us here, if we are wise, if we're going to walk as wise, we are going to redeem, we're going to invest our time in the things that matter most. Because I'm, I'll just be honest with you, there's no shortage of things in this world in which we live that will rob you of hours upon hours upon hours of our time, all for us to say, man, I don't know, where has my day gone? If we're not careful, we've wasted on things that in the scheme of eternity won't matter a bit. But here's the thing. He says redeeming the time. redeeming it's like I said, it's that purchasing term. But now concerning redeeming, notice with me that he didn't say, he didn't say it in the past tense, He said, We've re- redeemed something or that you need to redeem future tense. He says redeeming. This is an ongoing thing. There, there might be a day, Pastor Brian, that man, we we really took advantage. We invested our time well. Maybe today on being Sunday, we've invested our time well in the, for the things of God. But you know what? Tomorrow, we'll still have to make sure that we are redeeming the time. There's not. It's not a checkbox of, Boom, I got redeeming the time. That's done. No, this is something that is a lifelong process that goes with us every single day. It's something that we have to purpose, we have to decide, we have to make sure that we are doing it, just as we have to make sure we are walking circumspectly, consistently, cautiously, aware, having an awareness with the Lord. We have to redeem the time. We've got to invest our time into things that matter. Now, that being said, it's now or never on this. I want to give you a few, a few areas in which we need to redeem the time. I want you to think about this for a moment. I'm going to give you just a few things. We'll finish up in verse 16. I'll be done. First and foremost, while there is time and while there is opportunity, we need, as now I'm speaking to God's people, we need to do all that we can to reach the souls that are out in sin. Because here's the thing, you will never, never, never have any regret on man, Pastor Brown. I just won too many souls to Jesus. I just invested my time winning people, trying to win people to Jesus. You will never have a regret standing before the Lord saying, you know, I I did all I could to reach these different folks, and you know, sometimes we'll get to reap. A lot of times we sow, we water, we, we we have to leave it up to the Lord. First and foremost, how should we redeem the time? How should we invest our time that God has given us? In reaching the lost, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know. Uh, we got some new folks in here from since I came, I, I left, and everything. And I don't know everybody's heart. I, I don't know anybody's heart other than mine. We, well, scripture says that man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. Let me be honest with you, and I, I, I don't necessarily want to scare anybody that's in here or not. Any, any I don't want necessarily scare anybody, but I just want to be crystal clear to you: if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are on thin ice. You are on thin ice. And the reason I say that is because I hope and pray this does not happen to you. But you don't know that you'll get to make it home tonight. You don't know for a fact that there might not be a, a drunk driver that's out this evening that runs through a stoplight or through a stop sign and T-bones you in the, in the driver's door or whatever it may be. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know that you'll get to lay your head on your pillow at night. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation is what the Lord said in Second Corinthians chapter 6. You need to make sure that you know that heaven's going to be your home. Because here's the thing, the Scripture says, now, like I said earlier, man, we think, oh, I'll, I, if I live to 80, 90 years old, 100 years old, man, I've got all this time in front of me. I'll, fi- I'll get serious about it then. I'll get it figured out then. You're not promised to live to then. James 4 still says, what is your, you know not what shall be on tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away." Man, you think about going outside in the mornings when that low-hanging fog is right across the fields or in, in your yard. And man, you might go in to get you a cup of coffee. Man, you come back out on your front porch just like that. That fog is gone. That is what our life is like. One second it's here, one second it's gone. And just a news flash for you, setting aside the brevity of life, the fact that we're not even promised tomorrow, consider this, Jesus is still coming back and you don't want to be left behind. You don't want to be standing there having heard the message of the gospel and said, you know what, I'll get it settled later, I'll figure it out later, I'll do it, I'll, I'll get it situated eventually, and the Lord come back. He comes back, it's too late. If you've heard a clear message of the gospel, if you've heard about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you said you didn't say, "Oh, I don't," you didn't say, "Lord, I don't want Jesus." You just said, "Oh, I'll figure it out maybe next week or later." Friend, that is the same thing as a rejection. Because here's the it, the fact of the matter is, Jesus Christ, He came to this earth some two thousand years ago, suffered, bled, and died at Calvary, so that we could be set free of our sin. Suffered. It took our place, I deserved to be hanging on that cross for my sin, but because God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because God loved us, He sent His Son to die in my place, not just to die, but to be buried and resurrected from the dead three days later to pay my sin debt. And if you reject that, or you say, I'll just figure it out later, friend, you're on thin ice. And if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know for sure that heaven's going to be your home, if you were to get in that car accident and leave out of here, or if Jesus came back just that moment, you need to get it settled today. This is Eternity is too long of a thing to play games with. Because we think about that 90, years, man, that's a long time to live on planet Earth. Not in comparison to eternity. Forever and ever and ever. Man, how should we redeem the time by trying to reach trying to save souls. Not that we have the power to save, but we have the message of how souls can be saved. But man, how else should we redeem the time? I'd say by sanctification of self. And what that's just a big fancy word that means sanctification is the day-by-day process for those that know Christ. It's the day-by-day process of us becoming more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, see, as much of a tragedy as it be for my son Gideon. Now, he's almost one, which is crazy to think about. He turns one on the 23rd. As crazy, as much of a tragedy as it would be for him to never learn how to crawl, never learn how to walk. Now, he's not walking yet. He, he's pulling himself up on everything, but he's not walking quite yet. But as much of a tragedy as it would be for him to never develop and to never grow, it is just as tragic for a believer to never develop, to never grow, to never grow in their Christian life. It is not God's will for us as believers to always be baby Christians. It's not God's will for us to be toddler Christians forever, children in the faith. Eventually, God wants us to be the spiritual fathers and, and mothers in the faith that people look up to. But there's no shortage, excuse me, there's no shortage though of folks, and by the way, this is everybody, there's no shortage of folks that need to redeem the time, invest their time and growing in in the Lord Jesus Christ. How do I grow in the Lord, Brother Cameron? How how do I I become more of this uh, adult-like Christian? Or if I'm a a baby, how do I become the toddler, so on and so forth? How do I develop? How do I grow? One of the greatest ways is get in the Bible. Get in the Word of God. As newborn babes desire the sincere, sincere milk of the Word, we should have a desire for the Word reading our Bibles, spending time with the Lord in prayer, coming to this place, being in our place in the house of God. That's, how, that's one of the ways that we are sanctified. We grow as believers. But I'd say also as we're continuing on, not only in the salvation of sinners when with um, sanctification of ourselves, but man, in service to the Savior. You will never, never, never regret Giving your all to the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you can ask any individual, whether it be an older person, whether it be someone who's getting ready to leave out of this world, hey, do you regret the time that you gave to the Lord? No. They, I, I've never heard tell of somebody saying man I just wished I had used my time more for myself never have, they, have I heard anybody say that but every single time what do they say Pastor Brian they say that they wish they would have given more to the Lord Jesus Christ because as they're, sta- as they're, as they're later on in life or they're facing, the, the, fa- facing death face to face they recognize that man my life has flown by and man I'm running short on time to give to the Lord and by the way we're all running short on time. And if there's, if there's a time to get serious, it's now or never. Because you'll, you'll, you'll never regret giving your heart and life to Jesus for salvation. You'll never regret time invested in growing in the Lord, but you'll never regret any and every opportunity you take to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because one of these days we'll stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. If we know Him as Savior at the judgment seat of Christ, the Bemis, whatever you want to call it, we'll stand before Him and we will give an account for what we did for the Lord. And man, I don't want to, I don't want to be that individual that's saved as by fire. That individual who saved as the apostle Paul gets to go into heaven, but has nothing to offer to the Lord Jesus. That individual that has nothing to offer the Lord Jesus, you know what they did? They wasted their life. They didn't walk after the things of God. They didn't invest their life in the things of God. And folks, I don't want that to be us. I want that to be me. I want that to be you. Not only should we redeem the time with trying to reach people, the souls to be saved, with uh, the sanctification, the growing of ourselves, with our service to the Savior, but i say lastly, we should redeem the time by soldiering for the sovereign. If there was ever a day that Christians needed to take a stand for the things of God, it is today. It is today. It is today. It is today. Because there's, no, there's more than enough folks in Raleigh, and Washington, D.C. that they care nothing about what God has to say in His Word. And we need some Christians with some backbone and principle to say, listen, I'm making a stand for the things of God. Hey, this is a choice we have to make. Now, some of us were like, man, this is a ton of stuff. It's a Christian walk. It it doesn't just come naturally, you know, just skipping through. No, you have to be diligent. You have to be purposeful. You have to be intentional of what you're doing for the Lord Jesus Christ. The aimless believer that's just walking around, twiddling their thumbs. Oh, I'm... I just, Pastor Brian, there's just nothing for me to do for Jesus. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. But there's so many people that they, that's what they act like. They're, I just, I, I just, I go to church, you know, whenever, and I, I, pastors just don't give me anything to do. I guess we don't need help. Have you ever had a time where you said, "I got too many people to help me do stuff for the Lord"? Has that ever happened? There's always room. For us to serve and to soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to use that time that God's given us. Because, hey, one of these days, when we stand, one of these days we stand before the Lord, those folks that say, man, you're crazy. You spend all that time at church, you hand out tracts all the time. You read your Bible at lunch. You do all, you just always in that stuff. We might have people that laugh and mock and scoff and just snub their nose at us. But one of these days when we stand before Jesus. You'll be glad that you invested. You're, you didn't just waste the time that God gave you. You invested your time in the things God of God. Look with me this last part. I'm done. We saw the Christian walk in verse 15. We saw, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we saw the Christian walk in verse um, 15. We saw the continual work, about forgot it, verse 16 at the beginning. But at the end, I want you to notice with me the current wickedness. At the end of verse 16. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, this was written thousands of years ago. Paul said his the days in which he lived were evil. Can I just give you a news flash? Ain't nothing changed. And, and we need to be careful too. A lot of times people will say something to this effect. Man, it's just getting so bad out there. Where have you been? It's been terrible for millennia. You're not seeing the, oh, it's getting bad. No, we're experiencing the it's getting worse and worse. It's all. It's been bad. It's been evil. But we're seeing just the moral decay of the day in which we live. And listen, I've said this before too, I know I have. Anytime the Lord gives us something to do, Him telling us to do it is sufficient enough of a reason to do it. But Sometimes the Lord, He just goes ahead and gives us a secondary reason if we needed it. Why on earth should I redeem the time? Why should I even care how I invest my time? If I'm saved, I get to go to heaven and and that's that's all that matters, going to heaven. I'm glad for those of us that know the Lord and we're going to heaven. That does matter. But that is not the only thing that matters. God is concerned about how we live our life after salvation as well. But notice with me, the current wickedness. If there was a reason to take seriously, to redeem the time, invest our time properly. Here it is. He says, because the days are evil. Now, like I said, if God tells us to do something, that's sufficient enough. That's why we should do it. But here he gives us, he says, the days are evil. Hey, listen, today, in 20, this October 15th, 2023, we're living in some wicked days. And let me, let me say this too. We are blessed beyond measure to live in the United States of America. But do not misunderstand the blessings of God as everything is swell and dandy. Far from it. We still live in a nation that has millions of people that are going to die lost and go to a devil's hell if we don't do something about it. We still have millions of people that don't, they're, they're, they don't even believe in a God. Now, I'm thankful that God has blessed us here in the United States. I'm thankful to be an American. So don't think I'm trashing our country or anything like that. I love America. But there are folks that need what we have to change their life. There are folks that are going to split hell wide open and they don't even know. I saw, this was insane. I saw a poll a couple months ago, actually, and it said only like 53% of Americans believe that there's a hell. 53%. Basically, one in two. That is a tragedy. Because they're people that they they have no idea what's awaiting them. And the devil has fooled them. The devil has tricked them. Because see, here's here's another thing. I'm gonna have to stop here in a minute. But here's another thing. There are plenty of Christians, believers, that don't take it seriously. But there is one person, and this might sound crazy, so y'all just bear with me. But there's one person that we could learn something from. We could learn something from the devil in this. Don't think I'm crazy. He takes it seriously. He takes the time seriously. He recognizes that He has but a few days. He recognizes that time is short. And He's not got it in autopilot. He's taking it seriously. It is high time that we as believers get out of spiritual autopilot of just do-do-do-do-do and put the pedal to the metal and get serious about the things of God. Because one of these days, We're going to be out of here and it's it's going to be all said and done. And what we've done, we've done. And what we haven't done, we might have had the greatest intentions of the world. But it won't mean a hill of beans. Because we will give an account for the works, the things that we've done in our body. Not for salvation, but at the judgment seat for those that know the Lord. But we are living in a wicked day. We are living in a wicked day. And he says, why should we redeem the time? Because the days are evil. These are the last days, and we should be eagerly awaiting Christ's return. We should be anticipating His soon return. Now, again, I said this at the beginning: the day in which we live, there's so many. They're just—I don't know how to explain it, other than just like they're numb, Pastor Brian. And, and I'm not criticizing. I don't know how how y'all are specifically. I'm just saying, just sharing my heart. I don't want to be numb to the truth that Jesus is coming back. And I have a limited time. Now, if I live to be 60, 70, 80, praise the Lord. May God help me to do what I can in that time. But you know what? I might not make it to 25. I'm 24, by the way. So I might not make it to May when I turn 25, whether I leave out of this world or whether the Lord comes back. And, man, I want to do all I can now while I have time and opportunity because there's no shortage of work to be done because there's many, many, many people that need the gospel preached to them, need the gospel the gospel declared. Because again, you don't have to be a preacher to share the gospel with somebody. But man, if there's ever a day for us to take advantage what God of the time that God's give us, it is now or never. And I don't want us just to sit on the sidelines and expect somebody else to do it. Man, let's roll up our sleeves and let's do it. Because he says, see then that ye walk. I can't make you walk circumspectly you can't make me walk circumspectly we all will give an account unto god for what we've done with our time just as we'll give an account for every idle word i believe we will give an account for the time that god has let us live this, this life in which we live and i just say i just share this with you as we're finishing man friend it is now or never there was a, a, mission, a missionary back in the early or late 1700s, early 1800s. Some of y'all might know his name, William Carey. He made a statement, and I, I just, I really, I want to get it like on a, like a, like a frame or something. I don't know, but it said, he said this statement, and it's always resonated with me since I, since I heard it many years ago. He said, "Expect great things from God, but attempt great things for God." And folks. I can't reach the whole world myself, but I can do my part to reach who I can. And let's let's get busy. Let's invest the time that God has given us while we still have time and opportunity because it is now or never. Let's stand to our feet.
1: Hello, friends. This is Brian Poindexter pastor of faith community baptist church located at 2216 Hittings road in east bend north carolina we're so grateful to have you listening to our cd ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church it's our desire and focus of faith community baptist church to preach and teach the whole council of god to a lost and dying world to equip the saints of god for service and to encourage the elderly and shut ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments we meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat-and-meat service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, We meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's Holy Word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation, they prepare for retirement, they seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. For The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans three twenty three said, "For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God." The prophet Isaiah said in chapter fifty three and verse six, "All we like sheep have gone astray; we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all." You must understand that your good words, and good works, and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah sixty four and verse six says, "But we are all as an unclean thing." All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. You must understand that you are loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16, it said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, and verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, He said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house.